Alright, uh, welcome back for the second episode of my podcast and uh, yeah, so I think I uh, listened my podcast few times and uh, I realized that that was not very good at all. So, uh, okay, uh, for this week we have uh, uh, one book, a four podcast. My birthday celebration. That's of course virtually, and uh, also my own personal observation on Amazon Marketplace. Even though I don't believe that they are the marketplace, and why Amazon's or other companies should not allow to create or sell their own private levels on these platforms. Okay, uh, so uh, before going. Uh, into the content part uh, I would like to thank all of you who uh, listened my podcast and also commented back uh, I, I will improve uh, on all these points but these are uh, my learnings from past week podcast and uh, I think I need to improve a lot uh, there are so many points but these are the three key points which uh, I listed out after listening a few times so firstly lack of vocabularies i think i was using same words again and again you know uh, yeah i think uh, there are some words like as well i used more than six or seven times similarly frustrations i used multiple times and other words as well uh, so i need to find a way by which by which i could add many words and make uh, the entire uh, you know a uh, uh, communication more effective second there was no flow uh, <laughs> in my podcast i think it was going north to south and up to down uh, of course i don't have experience with all these uh, with time i will kind of uh, you know create some structures and flow as well and uh, yeah I, I will work on that for sure third grammatical errors i think there were so many you know like errors like i used wrong v form similarly i uh, missed uh, uh, plural, plurals uh, uh, and i also there were so, so many other errors as well uh, so from next time or uh, uh, you know like in coming episode i will work on those aspects as well so uh, yeah with all these uh, points now uh, we are kind of ready and uh, we can start this podcast as well. so right so let's start with book because we will be following date wise so i kind of completed that book on sunday uh, yeah the day i recorded my first podcast uh, however uh, we didn't talk about uh, you know like th- that book uh, on that day so we i will be talking about that book now uh, the book name uh, is uh, a one minute manager and uh, no uh, I have been trying to read multiple books on management and uh, I think this book uh, I think it, it, the, the book was recommended by someone uh, and he told me to read this book and I, I was like okay but I didn't like that book for multiple reasons uh, and also the book the number of pages in that book is like really small it's like maybe 90 pages uh, but the book kind of summarized uh, the entire you know like like message in three key points 
and all the 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 in, uh, our entire book evolved around that particular three point only like why uh, uh, we do this and why one minute uh, management work uh, before you know kind of talking about that book if you're asking me uh, for me i think the management is more uh, of an art rather than science uh, i think uh, of course it's evolved around people only uh, you know it's it can't be uh, around of course like we when when whenever we kind of talk about management we we always focus on goals outcome and uh, always try to achieve what uh, but it's also critical to kind of uh, uh, evolve people around that what and look for why and how as well uh, uh, and uh, yeah uh, in fact in fact uh, so it's it's very critical uh, that uh, uh, management should involve people uh, uh, in that what and uh, 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 and this particular big this particular book is kind of discuss these aspects in a much simpler way so uh, the three key point of this book is one minute goals uh, 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 second is one minute praising and third is one minute redirects and uh, and uh, you know like like uh, 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 of course like uh, they kind of explain the, the the author explained all these key points uh, and why these things work with uh, uh, multiple metaphors and examples as well uh, but uh, it's, it's it's very uh, also obvious in terms of like uh, these th- three things you know like like generally kind of define the management process as well so uh, whenever uh, you know like like whenever we work in a team or whenever we uh, work as like manager and employee or like you know like like as a team leader or team members uh, it's very critical to set up goals and then kind of perform uh, uh, you know like like as a team to kind of achieve that certain goals or objectives which, which we set on a regular basis however the the key factor here is that the goal should not be set by the managers or the team leaders it should be always defined by the team members uh, and believe me i don't know whether like, like this this might sound like i am kind of praising myself but i have this tendency to set up goal not by myself but i always kind of uh, ask my team members to set up goals however i generally help them to kind of do that math you know how we will achieve that but uh, it's never like i generally request my team member hey you need to we need to achieve all this like rather we sit we discuss and then they generally define these goals and then we work to kind of achieve those so i have this book talk about you know, like like that it's not always uh, it's not good to kind of leaders or team leaders to set up these goals rather uh, it's very critical that the goals these goals should be set up by team and then kind of work around that one uh, the second uh, uh, key point of that particular book was one minute praising that talks about uh, once your team member is achieving a goal or doing uh, doing good work i think praising works really well to kind of motivate them for further work as well uh, i think i think it's i think everyone look looks look forward to getting praise uh, for their works because that kind of it's not like i don't think that that's motivation for sure but that help them to you know it, it's it's more of kind of feedback right consider if somebody is, is is you are working consider like yeah consider like you are working and you are not getting any feedback for your work and you are you are only getting feedback at the end of the month during the review by your manager 
which which do not, does not make sense right because i should be knowing that um, whether i am doing wrong or right <clears throat> right i should be getting feedback continuous feedback for my performance or uh, uh, no uh, and uh, if i'm not getting that i am not sure whether you know like like my outcomes are helping my organization or not so i think uh, uh, appraising defined as feedback and that is very critical when uh, you know like we work in a team or team leaders should do that this book talk about that part the third key point is redirects basically talking about when uh, if you find that your team members are not on track and doing something uh, wrong we can say we can use that word then it's very critical to kind of redirect or guide them to to get on the path and uh, you know like that to correct that mistakes faster rather you know like taking time and and talking all these during a review meeting so uh, uh, yeah I, i i really like this book and uh, even though i have been following some of the rules earlier without reading that book uh, but yeah all the other points i have already noted down and i will be working on these points as well uh the 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 one key learning for me from that book uh was uh, uh you know like like uh is, is that is that there's very uh, uh you know they have added a key point which says uh you know like the uh 80 20 rule you know this book talk about 80 20 rule and uh, this goes something like this uh, and it says 80 20 rule says 80% of of your real important results will come from 20% of your goals uh and that's i don't know but i have never ex- never experienced that but if it is true which means you know setting setting your goals is so critical right because if you are setting the right goals consider 80% of all these results will come automatically you know without putting so much effort and next you know like like all these hustles as well so uh i have very specifically kind of noted this point in my uh, in my diary and i will be looking forward to experience this uh, so i could improve uh, or i could work really hard to get this 20% goals right so we don't have to hustle a lot uh so if i could define the my learnings uh, uh you know the three key learnings like import, importance of allowing team to set up own objectives and goals second its continuous feedback should be there and third it should be instantly redirecting so that they should not be continuing their mistakes or going into the wrong path all right so this was the book which i read last week and uh, i think if you are thinking to kind of understand uh you know how uh, and and how you can improve as a manager i think this book is really good so go ahead okay on monday uh the second or the first first podcast which i listened uh the name of the podcast was are china and india getting a tech divorce i don't know why they use this word uh and uh, with with dev lewis on china tech investor podcast by technode you already knew technode if you don't know then go back to my first episode uh and uh, yeah i am a big fan of technode uh, podcast because i get to know so many things uh however like all the key points 
all, all the discussions during that podcast were uh, were naturally available on internet or you know the all the relations between china and india and all these trade wars uh, all are available but uh, the one highlight for me from that podcast uh, was you know like, like recently india banned many of the chinese uh, uh, applications uh, you know few decade back china did something similar for us as well by blocking the us companies and uh, after like uh, a few months the uh, us companies kind of uh, uh, moved away from china uh, you know like not putting you know or not trying to find out ways but if you talk about the chinese company reacting right now uh, with even though there's so much tension between india and china uh, many of the chinese company are founding ways to stay in india you know like companies such as xiaomi right who literally writing made in india because they do assembling in india even though all the parts are made in china and and all the other companies as well like tiktok putting their office or kind of putting lot of effort in terms of getting back in india to uh, start their operation again so the learning uh, is you know it's called art of survival and uh, uh, you know like even though uh, uh, odds are against you or against us you should always look for uh, you know like like options by which we can you know like survive for longer and then i think things go well things should go well so yeah the learning is that chinese company are finding ways to still be relevant or uh, still be kind of uh, uh, making money and earning money from indian consumers okay the second podcast and this particular podcast was in part 1 and part 2 it's a uh, uh, basically daily hunts journey uh, on matrix moment and uh, i think uh, there is not even one single episode which i have not uh, listened from matrix moment because uh, you know a uh, 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 matrix founder and other key team members who generally appear on the podcast talk some real insights and uh, i think uh, i am a big fan of kind of matrix moment podcast however you know like like daily hunt journey uh, podcast part 1 and part 2 were really designed in a way that can reflect how a long lasting company are generally getting built uh, so before you know like talking about uh, a podcast let's talk about what is daily hunt uh, daily hunt basically uh, an indian local language content company which uh, provide content in 14 languages and uh, you know they i think they are like the leader in local language if i'm not wrong and that's also like 13 year old company that's like 13 years okay so daily hunt started by bizendra gupta in september 2007 uh, Uh, a billion a content company for billions of indians in indian language uh, you know like uh, i and and if you talk about you know starting a a local like, like a, a a local language company like or, or starting a com- content company for local language it's like seems very unnatural because in 30 year back like nobody was thinking that content local content will be so sexy which right now everyone is focusing on 
but that that is what the you know great leader does i think they spot the opportunity before its time uh so uh yeah bijendra gupta started uh, daily hunt in september 2007 and uh, then uh, uh you know like like umang bedi also joined as co-founder in 2018 and uh, uh, after that their partnership is like uh, jay and viru that is what they described that podcast they are viru relationships and they are like doing really good uh hi everyone like if you talk about uh, uh, you know like umang bedi joined daily hunt uh in 2016 or 17 which is quite you know like like after 10 years of daily hunt like like uh, you know like like funding uh, or founding right so daily hunt started in 2007 and then umang bedi joined as co-founder in 2016 or 17 uh and uh, yeah i think uh, learning about how you kind of approach a co-founder what kind of uh, uh, you know like like having understanding from each other and all this stuff were really amazing uh, and that's what they discussed or talk about in part 1 but in part 2 i think the all uh, entire conversation was based on the the tech behind the daily hunt and how they built their adsense engine and how they're making money uh, you know by serving the right con- content to right people so uh, you know uh, uh, this is entirely i will be kind of echoing uh, uh, what umang talked about uh, the adsense engine of daily hunt and uh, how they are kind of uh, uh, you know uh, distributing all these content to right people so uh, uh, when they asked like how uh, have you built the adsense engine you know uh, uh, of daily hunt so his answer is 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 i'm going to talk about that one so he said like six key things on the product around the mission to be largest content platform for bharat you know uh, so so of course like they wanted to be leader on on you know like content platform for bharat which is basically non english users for sure and these are the six key points uh, which we wanted to make sure or which you know that at daily hunt wanted to make sure that these things would go right point 1 super strong supplier side basically they are having 100 news publishers 50000 plus publishers across all categories whether it's uh, uh, news entertainment sports uh, and other categories as well secondly they uh, modified or improved their feed structure motivated by instagram and adding the video small video clip in those feeds as well third driving discover discoverability uh, you know like uh, 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 in so consider when you are kind of uh, talking about 2 million you know pieces of content every day it's very hard to uh, uh, you know allocate these or kind of distribute these content piece to to right people and uh, they they uh, were able to achieve this using deep learning to kind of recommend right kind of content to right people at the right time and the fourth point which uh, 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 which defined the adsense credibility of daily suns is basically understanding the user behaviors so they they measured uh, a true engagement uh, measuring more than 10 billion interactions per day of how people consume scroll like dislike and share things 
using 70 plus AI algorithms for local language. For uh, local language content building 1.4 million vectors of who likes to consume what, by what time of day, in what source, from what publishers, in what format across this large space. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I think that's amazing. You know, processing 10 billions of bill, 10 billion interaction per day, and then kind of uh, understanding the every aspect of user and creating 70 plus AI, AI algorithms, and then having 1.4 million vectors. You know, to uh, distribute the right content and then kind of take these insights to distribute the ad as well is just mind-blowing and uh, even though like right now uh, you know like when you kind of think of these numbers you're like damn that's why these companies are what they are because they kind of built such an amazing tech stack in the back end which kind of understand user in, in, in a really amazing way and then kind of serve the right ad to help brands and users at the same time okay so apart from this i will be like on kind of quickly concluding this particular podcast so so earlier they had 40 million monthly active users but now they have 270 million monthly active users out of which 140 million users are on app itself in like only in past 18 months uh, 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 18 months back they had daily active users of 8 to 10 million now they have 70 million daily active users as well earlier uh, users were spending 18 to 20 minutes a day now they're spending 30 minutes a day you know uh, uh, and I don't know whether this data makes sense for you or not but if using this data I come with the number that on every day 4050 years of time getting spent by all the users on daily hunt like that's per day so if you go in years like it's much more so that is the power of uh, you know having uh, a user oriented platform and understanding the users and serving the right content i'm sure like uh, daily hunt you know uh, i don't know like like i think uh, that's great for because daily hunt is an indian company and uh, I think they are just starting up. They have a long way to go as well. Alright, uh, so uh, the third podcast uh, of this week, uh, you know, uh, which I listened on 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 GGB Capital, like solving uh, for the next billion, where uh, Hans was live and live in jakarta and founders were were asking questions from him and uh, uh, the key point from that particular podcast uh, when a founder one of founders asked what common mistakes founders make uh, and hans answer was something like this a distraction after initial success i think that is also a key learning for me as well because i think uh, in general or not in general like most of the time people made mistakes after initial success second lack of training facility to managers i think once 
uh, a startup goes from phase 2 10 people to 100 or 1000 people i think training play a very uh, you know necessary or a very uh, important role in kind of making so that organizations everyone is are on same plate uh, and in fact i have to, uh, i have also heard this from uh, in multiple other podcast as well that training a uh, facility to manager uh, you know in a high scale high scale or high growth company uh, is is extremely essential and third prioritization of work uh, company countries such as us where you know like like people focus on one critical aspect uh, however these things generally does not work in countries such as uh, india or china or or, or indonesia uh, so uh, uh, you know like in general people do multiple work and in those work it's very critical to kind of prioritize uh, the work and then work on that one so uh, yeah i i i uh, i kind of like that was very short podcast of like 15 or 17 minute but i think that was really insightful the last podcast uh, of the week uh, 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 was on prime venture podcast of course like it's one of podcast by prime venture indian vc and uh, the podcast name was mohit gupta ceo food delivery zomato on thinking like a leader i think a uh, uh, that was such an interesting conversation to you know like like uh, hear from both of us because both of them are were friend of course right also had worked in same company called make, make my trip and uh, the the key learning for me from that particular podcast uh, was that uh, the curiosity of you know like learning or having that ability to ask why in everything is very critical and he also gave example when mohit asked amit uh, you know uh, uh, how uh, he can code even though mohit was in marketing department during uh, their make my trip days so yeah i think uh, 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 that was amazing but yeah i think uh, i just kind of figure out this point so right okay so after you know, like spending from second uh, august to sixth on seventh i had my birthday and uh, we uh, i have i i don't think so i had or i have ever celebrated my birthday i had ever celebrated my birthday uh, for multiple reasons uh, but i think the my friends and of course my team members are kind of put me in a situation where i had to celebrate uh, so before started or before you know celebration i thought of knowing why do we celebrate birthday so i of course i look at google and then uh uh and the, the ancient history which uh, uh relates birthday celebration is is you know like that is what i i i found from google and this might be wrong as well so the custom of celebrating birthdays started with the egyptians you know when the uh, pharaoh were crowned a uh, pharaoh basically the king that i don't know they are terming the, that king as as pharaoh uh was croned uh, uh, uh you know and uh, they were deemed to have been transformed into gods you know when they got crowned uh this divine event gave more importance to their coronation date than their arrival date on the planet basically you know the 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 crowned date were 
considered as more giving give, given more importance than their birth or arrival date and uh, that's why kind of you know like like people celebrate birthday each year to consider that uh, you know like they expect a newer version of that particular person uh, so yeah i think uh, after knowing this i thought i should also celebrate that and uh, thanks to all team members sivans aviraz uh, rahul uh, nitesh and ravika we had virtual call video call and then uh, we cut the cake and we celebrated that one so yeah uh, uh, i think that was the first time or yeah something like that okay uh, so with with these points now i should be talking about my own observation of this week so basically right now we are onboarding sellers uh, uh, from uh, you know like four different categories which we are kind of selling through our our our, our platform and uh, during the search of uh, one of our sellers uh, i was trying to find out their their amazon page to look for references and uh, what i saw uh, was not a good sign because uh, okay so let me tell you like what i saw firstly so amazon was blocking these local manufacturers by adding tons of ad on their page like on their uh, you know like store which they generally called it and and the ad was in the form of prime videos uh, other product books and all this stuff as well uh, uh, and 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 uh, that is not good right because these manufacturers are already going through a lot and then blocking their uh, stores on amazon by advertising or adding all these uh, uh, you know like 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 ad is is definitely not not a good idea. and the the problem was not like there was one ad like consider in a page if there is like 20 products out of 20 only four product uh were from that particular sellers and other rest of all these were just ad or other other you know like prime video or all this stuff as well so that's not a good sign because uh, when uh, amazon claiming themselves as seller platform Uh, and if somebody, some if a manufacturer manufacturer is creating a their store on Amazon, it should more like uh, it it should also focus on discover dis discoverability as well, right? Because if it is not, then uh, that's not gonna help uh, 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 that particular manufacturers in any way. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah, I think and 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 that is also uh, uh, very essentials that India should start looking. to these kind of companies uh, 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 uh to uh, restrict these company uh, to uh, you know like like uh, uh, promote their own brand even like not only promoting even like they should not be allowed to build their own private level on first place so uh, to understand this topic much better uh, if you remember i i kind of watched that uh, you know like like uh, that congress hearing by all these big CEOs, and uh, 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 I am just playing that five-minute clip, uh, which is basically the questions asked to Jeff regarding the marketplace and how they are using data, seller data, to build their own private levels and brand and promoting that on the platform. So here, you, here you goes. Okay. Thank you all for being with us, Mr. Bezos. In July 2019, your employee Nate Sutton told me under oath in this committee. that Amazon does not quote use any specific seller data when creating its own private brand product. 
So let me ask you, Mr. Bezos, does Amazon ever access and use third-party seller data when making business decisions? And just a yes or no will suffice, sir. Uh, I thank you uh, for the question. I know it's an important topic, and I also want to thank you for representing us. Uh, I can't answer that question, yes or no. What I can tell you is we have a policy against using seller-specific data uh, to aid our private label business, uh, but I can't guarantee you that that policy has never been violated. Mr. Bezos, you're probably aware that an April 2020 report in the Wall Street Journal revealed that your company does access data on third-party sellers, both by reviewing data on popular individual sellers and products and by creating tiny product categories that allowed your company to categorically access detailed seller information in a supposedly aggregate category. Do you deny that report? Uh, I'm familiar with the Wall Street Journal article that you're talking about. And we continue to look into that very carefully. I'm not yet satisfied that we've gotten to the bottom of it, and we're going to keep looking at it. Okay. It's so, not as so, easy to do as you would think because some of the sources in the article are anonymous, but we continue to look into it. I'll take that as a you're not denying that. You're looking into it. Um, I will tell you a former Amazon employee in third-party sales and recruitment told this committee, quote, there's a rule, but there's nobody enforcing or spot-checking. They just say, don't help yourself to the data. It's a candy shop. Everyone can have access to anything they want. Do category managers have access to non-public data about third-party products and businesses? Uh, I, here's what I can tell you. Um, uh, the, we do have certain safeguards in place. We train people on the policy. We expect people to follow that policy the same way we would any other. It's a voluntary policy, as far as I'm aware, no so other retailer no, so there's no actual, data at all. There's no actual enforcement. There's no actual enforcement oh, no, I, of that policy. Gonna, so it's voluntary and there's no actual enforcement. So maybe no, that no, no, answers no, no, my... Sorry. No, I think, I think I may have misspoke. I'm trying to say that the Amazons, the fact that we have such a policy is voluntary. I think no other retailer even has such a policy. Okay. Well, uh, well our that's enforcement okay. of that policy. We, we would treat that like any internal policy, and if we found that someone violated it, we would take action against them. Well, there's numerous reports, um, and the committee has conducted interviews with former employees who confirm that there are employees who do have access to that data and are using it. Um, and so my next question was going to be, if you, if you thought you were actually enforcing these rules, do you think that that's working? Um, and again, I would just say that there's credible reporting that's documented breaches of these rules that you have put into place. Um, and the committee has interviewed employees that uh, typically say, say that these breaches typically occur. Let's talk about aggregate data for a minute. Your rules do allow for you to access combined data on a product when there are only one or two sellers in the marketplace, correct? Uh, yes, aggregate data uh, is allowed under our policies. That is correct. Okay. And interviews with former employees have made it clear that that aggregate data essentially allows access to highly detailed data in those product categories. There's the example of Fortem, a small business that had no direct competitors except for Amazon warehouse deals, a resale clearance clearance account that only sold 17 units. An Amazon employee accessed a detailed sales report on Fortum's product with information on how much the company spent on advertising per unit and the cost to ship each trunk. And then Amazon launched its own competing products 
in October 2019. That's a major loophole, and I go back to the general counsel's statement to this committee very clearly that there was no access to this data, that Amazon does not use that data for its own benefit, and I'm now hearing you say, well, you're not so sure that that's going on. Um, and the issue that we're concerned with here is, is very simple. You have access to data that far exceeds the sellers on your platforms with whom you compete. You can track consumer habits, interests, even what consumers clicked on but then didn't buy. You have access to the entirety of sellers' pricing and inventory information, past, present, and future, and you dictate the participation of third-party sellers on your platform. So you can set the rules of the game for your competitors, but not actually follow those same rules for yourself. Do you think that's fair to the mom-and-pop third-party businesses who are trying to sell on your platform? I appreciate that question. I like it a lot because I really want a chance to address that. Uh, I'm very proud of what we've done for third-party sellers on this platform. We started our third-party platform 20 years ago, and we had zero sellers on it. The, the uh, question eBay I'm asking, I'm sorry, one. I'm so sorry, my time sorry, is expiring. And the question I wanted to ask you is um, that you have access to data that your competitors do not have. So you might allow third-party sellers onto your platform, but if you're continuously monitoring the data to make sure that they're never going to get big enough that they can compete with you, that is actually the concern that the committee has. And, you know, I think your company started in my district. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for the work that you've done and say that the whole goal of this committee's work. Right. So I, I'm not sure whether you uh, kind of follow the enter, entire that five-minute clip or not, but I can sim simplify that for you. Uh, basically, just allowing uh, third-party sellers, whether it's manufacturers or wholesalers or any other brands, to get the data and then build up uh, your own private levels, it, it, it's not fair at all. Uh, uh, I think uh, if you have again, like again, the point is that you know uh, Amazon has this advantage of taking data from both sides, from sellers and from users, and uh, and I think uh, after seeing that that particular sellers pays, you know, like. What I can tell you is that I think they are definitely blocking these uh, small manufacturers to kind of uh, get in front of our outcome in front of the users, and which is not fair because uh, then that is not serving the purpose of the marketplace. Uh, because uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, and it's not helping them on first place. It's helping the Amazon or such companies to understand the, the behavior from both sides and then release the private levels. So I think uh, India should also kind of put certain rules and regulations all, on all these fronts. If Amazon, Flipkart or any other companies is, is trying to or kind of uh, shouting that they are, uh, they are here to help these small manufacturers or brands, they need to prove that uh, in, in, not only just by uh, listing these, 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 these manufacturers and brands, but by also allowing uh, users to access these products as well or kind of search at least search these products as well so I, I, even though right now i'm not talking about that amazon should promote that brand not at all but what i'm telling is that you know when these manufacturers or these sellers create their shop on amazon at least they should not be adding so much of obstacles like so much of obstacles to kind of 
make that user frustrated and then kind of look for other options uh, so even though right now uh, we are not talking about these part uh, but i think uh, we should be talking these part very soon on how uh, and what way amazon amazon should use sellers part sellers data and uh, what and why they should not be allowed to create their own private levels as well however uh, you know like that was uh, a, a a kind of like like good learning for me because which which also means there is enough uh, space or there is still the problem which is being which is being faced by these small manufacturers or sellers and uh, and then i also got to know it's not always about or it's not about like 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 only supply side where uh, we are trying to make the experience 10x better or trying to kind of simplify the problem for them it's also the supply side which should be uh, beneficial for them as well and one company which i can remember which uh, 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 doing really good in china is pinned out of basically not only allowing users to do uh, group purchasing and and save money but also charging almost very or like you know like like uh, less commissions uh, on their platform and that's why i think the company such as pinado is doing really good so uh, yeah i think uh, look look i don't know whether <laughs> i don't think so i can do anything <laughs> any harm to amazon but uh, of course as whatever the learnings i have or whatever uh, whatever i understand from supply side and demand side i think uh, we need to uh, uh, you know if if amazon is, or any other platform is saying that they are uh, doing really something good for these manufacturers or sellers they need to prove this uh, by not blocking uh, these or their stores or putting so much unwanted thing in their store page as well so uh, yeah that was my observation of the last week uh, all right uh, it's already 41 minute and uh, i fumble a lot during that entire conversation uh, so uh, again it's like uh, i'm really sorry if this does not make sense to you uh, and uh, yeah i think uh, uh, i will be learning from you know like as i will proceed with more number of episodes and uh, in coming time i will also try to add few peoples and then i think the conversation will be much much better so uh, if you have kind of keep yourself alive by, <laughs> by listening this podcast till 42 minute thank you so much for that and uh, uh, please do share your feedback how i can improve uh, and uh, i would look forward to kind of uh, doing uh many more episodes and improving my own personal speaking storytelling telling skill as well so thank you so much again and uh, i see you on next week